0: Listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volume, over 2500 page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's reading, you can do so on Facebook, where you can interact with other listeners and share your own thoughts and reflections on what we've heard today. Now, let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaimed the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Book 4, Chapter 20, Paragraphs 602-605 602. The ceremony of the presentation thus being over, the great lady kissed the hand of the priest, and again asked his blessing. The same she also did to Anne, her former teacher, for her dignity as Mother of God, the highest possible to angels or men, did not prevent her from the acts of deepest humility. Then, in the company of St. Joseph, her spouse... And of the 14,000 angels in procession, she returned with the divine infant to her lodging. They remained, as I shall relate, farther on for some days in Jerusalem, in order to satisfy their devotion, and during that time she spoke a few times with the priest about the mysteries of the redemption, and of the prophecies above mentioned. Although the words of the most prudent virgin mother were few, measured, and reserved, they were also so weighty and full of wisdom that they filled the priest with wonder and excitement, In him, the most exalted and the sweetest sentiments of joy in his soul. The same happened also to the prophetess Anna. Both of them died in the Lord shortly afterwards. The holy family lodged at the expense of Simeon. During these days, the queen frequented the temple, and in it she was visited with many favors and consolations and recompense for the sorrow caused by the prophecies of the priest. In order to heighten their sweetness, her most holy son spoke to her on one of these days, saying, My dearest mother and my dove, dry up thy tears, and let thy purest heart be expanded, since it is the will of my Father that I accept the death and the cross. I desire that thou be my companion in my labors and sufferings. I long to undergo them for the souls who are the works of my hands, Ephesians 2.10, made according to the image and likeness, in order to make them partakers of my reign of and of eternal life, in triumph over my enemies. Colossians 2.15 This is what thou thyself dost wish in union with me. The mother answered, O my sweetest love and son of my womb, if my accompanying thee shall include not only the privilege of witnessing and pitying thy sufferings, but also of dying with thee, so much the greater will be my relief. For it will be a greater suffering for me to live while seeing thee die. In these exercises of love and compassion, she passed some days until St. Joseph was advised to fly into Egypt, as I shall relate in the following chapter. Instruction which the Most Holy Queen Mary gave me, 603. My daughter, the doctrine and example contained in the foregoing chapter, will teach thee to strive after the constancy and expansion of heart, by which thou mayest prepare thyself to accept blessings and adversity, the sweet and the bitter with equanimity. O oh dear soul, how narrow and unwilling is the human heart toward that which is contrary and distasteful to its earthly inclinations, how it chaffs in labor, how impatiently it meets them, how insufferable it deems all that is contrary to its desires, how persistently it forgets that its teacher and master has first accepted sufferings and has honored and sanctified them in his own person. It is a great shame, yea, a great boldness on the part of the faithful, that they should abhor suffering even after my Most Holy Son did suffer for them, and when so many of the just before his death were led to embrace the cross solely by the hope that Christ would once suffer upon it, although they would never live to see it. And if this want of correspondence is so base in others, consider well, my dearest, how vile it would be in thee, who art so anxious to obtain the grace and the friendship of the Most High, who desirest to merit the name of a spouse and a friend of God, who wishes to belong entirely to him, and that he belong entirely to thee, who wishes to be my disciple, and that I be thy teacher, who aspirest to follow and imitate me as a faithful daughter, her mother, Matthew 7.21. All this must not result in mere sentiment, and in empty words or oft-repeated exclamations of, Lord, Lord! And when the occasion of tasting the chalice and the cross of suffering is at hand, thou must not turn away in sorrow and affliction from the sufferings, by which the sincerity of a loving and affectionate heart is to be tried. 604. All this would be denying in your actions what you profess in your words, and it would be a swerving from the path of eternal life. For thou canst not follow Christ, if thou refusest to embrace the cross and rejoice in it, nor shalt thou find me by any other way. Matthew 8.34. If creatures fail thee, If temptation or trouble assail thee, if the sorrows of death encompass thee, thou must in no wise be disturbed or disheartened, since nothing displeases my Most Holy Son or me more than placing a hindrance or misapplying the grace given by him for thy defense, by misusing it and receiving it in vain. Thou yieldest great victory to the demon who glories much in having disturbed or subjected any soul that calls itself a disciple of Christ and of me. And having once brought thee to default in small things, he will soon oppress thee in greater ones. Confide, then, in the protection of the Most High, and press onward, trusting in me. Full of this trust, whenever tribulation comes over thee, fervently exclaim, The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Psalm 26. He is my helper, why should I hesitate? I have a mother, a queen, and mistress, who will assist me and take care of me in my affliction. 605. In this security seek to preserve interior peace and keep forever in thy view my works and my footsteps for thy imitation. Remember the sorrow which pierced my heart at the prophecies of Simeon and how I remained in peace and tranquility without any sign of disturbance, although my heart and soul were transfixed by a sort of pain. In every event... I sought motives for glorifying and adoring his admirable wisdom. If the transitory labors and sufferings are accepted with joy and with serenity of heart, they spiritualize the creature. They elevate it and furnish it with a divine insight by which the soul begins to esteem affliction at its proper value and soon finds consolation and the blessings of mortification and of freedom from disorderly passions. This is the teaching of the school of the Redeemer, hidden from those living in Babylon and from those who love vanity, Matthew eleven twenty five. I wish also that thou imitate me in respecting the priests and ministers of the Lord, who in the new law hold a much higher dignity than in the old, since the divine word has now united itself with human nature and become the eternal high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, Psalm one o nine four. Listen to their words and instructions as God requires, who play, whose place they take. Consider the power and authority given them in the Gospels, where it is said, Who hears you, hears me. Who obeys you, obeys me. Luke 10:16. Strive after the perfection they teach thee. Ponder and meditate without intermission upon that which my most holy son suffered, so that thy soul be a participant in his sorrows. Let the pious memory of his sufferings engender in thee such a disgust and abhorrence of all earthly pleasures, that thou despise and forget all that is visible, and instead follow the author of eternal life. This concludes our reading today for day number 169. We've been reading from volume 2, book 4, chapter 20, paragraphs 602 to 605. I don't know about you, but for me, one of the most peculiar things we hear in these readings is that the infant Jesus, he's just a baby, speaks to his mother And I try to rationalize it. How can this be? Of course, it's God. God can do everything. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, so he is God. So if he wishes to communicate with his mother as an infant, God can do that. Remember what the angel said, nothing is impossible for God. Well, a baby talking and making sentences and describing future events is not impossible for God. I also wondered, though, maybe she sensed what her child was saying. Maybe she didn't audibly hear it. Maybe it was interior, like a locution, that Jesus, holding him in her arms, she hears him speak in the depths of her heart. That could be. I'm not sure, but listen again to what Jesus said. My dearest mother and my dove, dry up thy tears, and let thy purest heart be expanded, since it is the will of my Father that I accept the death and the cross. I desire that thou be my companion in my labors and sufferings. And it goes on. The will of my Father, this is what's going to happen, and you're going to be my companion. That means Mary is going to be a co-worker with Christ in the work of redemption. She is a collaborator as she stands at the foot of the cross, as she suffers alongside Christ. In the instruction which Our Lady gave, she said, Confide then in the protection of the Most High and press onward, trusting in me. So we have trust in the Lord. The divine mercy image reminds us of that, Jesus, I trust in you. But we also can have trust in Our Lady. Trust in her prayers for us. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Trust, like she said to Adele Bryce in the apparition of 1859 in Champion, go and fear nothing, I will help you. There was trust on the part of Adele in what Our Lady said. And so we foster trust in the communion of saints. In every event, she says, I sought motives for glorifying and adoring his admirable wisdom. If the transitory labors and sufferings are accepted with joy and with serenity of heart, they spiritualize the creature. They elevate it and furnish it with a divine insight. And it goes on. In every event, I sought motives for glorifying and adoring his admirable wisdom. That's us saying, God, your ways are better than my ways. I know what I want, but you know what is better for me. And so... She says about spiritualizing the creature when we accept things with serenity of heart. And whatever happens to us, whatever comes our way, while we take it and receive it from God, even suffering can be a gift from the Lord if we accept it. I sought motives for glorifying and adoring his admirable wisdom. I don't know why I must suffer, Lord. But I trust it's because you want me to, because you want me to offer it to you. You want to teach me something, that in this you will be glorified. Today, strive to glorify and adore God's admirable wisdom in whatever happens. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow.